live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome in on a Thursday morning, June 8th, 2023. We are starting out. Wow, are we already to 70 this morning? 70 degrees already at 608 and our way to a on our way I should say to a high uh in the mid 80s today rain chances eh I mean you know eh, you, 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 we know by now take it with a grain of of salt here at this point but rain chances if you're uh interested in still following those sorts of things here probably your best chance about seven o'clock this evening really through the late afternoon to early evening hours is when the chances are best today but um uh, other than that looking like a uh typical typical early june day mid 80s if you look forward at the forecast here just looking out ahead a little bit we do cool off a little bit for the weekend sunday high of 74 and some more chances of rain on saturday as well uh got a good show for you today uh i am uh we got i've I've, uh, replaced my two normal cohorts here in the morning with two replacements i've got johnny cadillac behind the board with me today in place of caleb and matt mcmaster in the newsroom in place of mark they are both off gallivanting around the country around the world having a great time right now before i do the same a little bit later this summer uh, but, you know, uh, in, in particular, we'll probably get some stories from Caleb on this when he gets back. He'll be back on Monday. Uh, he is going to be, now I don't know if it's the very first or just, you know, in this first group uh, of, of the day, but he is going to be on potentially the very first flight at the Lincoln Airport uh, from the this airline Redway that's going off to destinations around the country that the airport is kind of trying this experiment with. And the the hope that you you give people destinations that are of interest for tourists and, and perhaps for business too, but the the Orlando's of the worlds, the Vegas of the worlds, Atlanta, Minneapolis, Austin, Nashville. I might be forgetting one of them. Um, I think Dallas too, maybe. But the, the this is this this group and put tickets down where they're going to be, you know, very very competitive. Price-wise, even though you might not want to check a bag and save some money with that whole thing, and this whole this whole great experiment with the Lincoln Airport really gets started today. It's a new. It's a it, between that and the updated uh, the updates that they've done to the actual airport, to the terminals, to that whole thing. It's about as big a day as you've had in years. For the Lincoln Airport right now, when they get uh, get started with this whole thing, uh, first flights today to Las Vegas in Orlando. Caleb is going to be on that one to Orlando, so he's taking his family out on a on a little vacation to Orlando here. And you know, it was interesting in the uh, Journal Star article they had about this, talked about this coming up. Um, and Dave Herring, who is the executive director of the airport. I mean, he was he was kind of honest about not knowing where this thing is going to go. He said it could be wildly successful. It could also maybe be a little bit less successful than we're hoping uh, it is. So we would have to rethink what we're doing with this whole thing. Um, but 
you know, they said, hey, but if it does work, if it is successful here, he talked about it being a roadmap for other communities the size of Lincoln to kind of utilize in the future, maybe a little bit of a trailblazing situation. And it all depends. Like, I'm curious, is this something for those of you who who do travel, who are thinking about traveling, um, who are thinking about your plans for doing that over the course of maybe the next year? How has this possibility entered into that thought process at all for you? I'm really curious. Text in 402-479-1400. Are you considering maybe a trip that you can do on this and do it on the cheap that you wouldn't have before? Now, Now, the catch is with these, and we've talked about this before, is that you've got a schedule that is not necessarily built around your convenience. It might work out for you. But it's not necessarily built, there's not six choices during the course of the day, and you pick the one that best suits the trip that you want to take, when you can leave, when you can come, those sorts of things. It Every every flight, pretty much, uh, from looking at the schedule, kind of follows the same pattern every week. It's more like, you know, it's more like a, a StarTran bus schedule than it is the typical airport schedule that you pull up, meaning... This flight leaves for Vegas every, you know, I don't know the exact day. Well, it's Thursday. Every Thursday at, say, 10 a.m. and comes back on uh, Sunday uh, at at 9 p.m. Or, or, or something like that. Every city has got those exact things coming to it. So you kind of have to adjust toward that. So is that something where you're like, well, it makes it a little less convenient? Or you're still saying, well, if I'm getting $80 tickets or in some cases cheaper tickets, then that's fine. I will plan around that with that whole thing because that's that's going to be the that's going to be the big question with these. Is the Lincoln Market is people is is the kind of the area around the Lincoln Market going to be enough to sustain this thing and keep them full? And I don't know. I just don't know enough about the market and air travel to to be able to even venture any kind of a guess on something like that. But as a, in terms of my own personal quality life and the potential of travel, I don't know if you guys all feel this way too, but like I would like these options to be there all the time. That would be great. I would love the, and I don't know which one I'd use or how I'd use it, but I would just like to know that option that, okay, in a month or so we decide we want to get away. We're going to see which of these we can we can go. Never been to Nashville before. I've never been to Nashville before. Um, I want to go out, you know, it's been a long time since I've been to Vegas before. I'm going to go out with some friends and, and go out there and make a pretty quick trip and be able to do it in a way that might be more budget friendly than, frankly, and, and say it along with me. Can you believe it? Say it along with me. Cheaper than going to Omaha and doing yeah. the same thing, which normally you just you you just aren't going to be able to say so it's it's going to be fascinating how quickly we feel like we know whether this is a roaring success in Lincoln or something where you know let's be honest there have been issues in the past with some of the flights that have been offered here about getting them filled up regularly and when they're not filled up regularly the airports have less of an incentive to keep them around and i'm not sure I, I honestly don't know how the how the sort of refurbishment of the term. It looks nice. I haven't been there yet. Uh, I act, we actually are flying out of Lincoln when we go on our trip later this year, so I'm going to get a first-hand look at it there. And I know some of you probably did when they've had the open houses uh, or at least seen some of the pictures and, and video of it. I don't 
I don't know how much that factors in to this whole thing. It'll be nicer, ab- absolutely nicer when you use it. But is that bring more? You know, does that more bring more people there? Does that make airlines more interested in staying? Even I don't know all the answer to those questions. That'd be an interesting conversation maybe to have with with David as well on this whole thing. I know he's a listener to this show too. So, but it'll be fun. It'll be fun when Caleb gets back to kind of hear about what the experience, how it compares. Say, you know to driving up to Omaha and getting on United uh, or Delta or something like that and going to these same these same places. I'll tell you one thing I know. Parking's going to be better. That's for sure. <laughs> Parking's going to be less stressful than it's going to be in Omaha or basically any airport that exists. So that's that's definitely a thing. So anyway, we got uh we've got that going on today. Um in terms of some other so this was kind of interesting. They had a big unveiling yesterday at the United States Capitol, Washington, D.C., of the new Nebraska statue in Statuary Hall. They unveiled the Willa Cather statue, and you had Kevin McCarthy there, and you had the governor was down there. Uh, Governor Jim Pillen was there. Of course, you had the Nebraska delegation, Adrian Smith and Mike Flood and Senator Fisher and, and Senator Ricketts. Uh, I don't see I don't see uh, Congressman Bacon in this picture, but I assume he was just out of it. Um, uh, maybe not there. But this was uh, actually a sculpture that was done by an Omaha sculptor, Littleton Alston, first African American artist to have a statue actually in the Capitol collection, uh, which is interesting. And so uh, Nebraska got that, and it is going to replace the J. Sterling Morton statue that's there now. If you if you've been to Statuary Hall there, they've got two statues for each state of like famous, famous people, people who have done significant thing, things for all of the different states, and they they rotate them in and out to some degree. And so Jay Sterling Morton is going to be out. Uh, in 2019, Standing Bear replaced William Jennings Bryan. So Nebraska's got two newish statues there. And... Uh, apparently, Nebraska is now the only state with statues of a woman and a Native American in the Statuary Hall collection, um, if you're interested in those kind of statistics here. So, yeah, Willa Cather is now in the statue. So if you make, that's a great trip, by the way. That's a great tour and a great trip to go through and, and see all of those statues that they've got there in that area. And uh, she has now got her space, at least for the time being, in the United States Capitol. Uh, other things that we're uh, we're getting news on today that I want to take a little bit of uh, time to discuss. We we mentioned this yesterday when we first got the news about it, and I don't know that they've had anyone come forward to get their prize yet. But Nebraska Lottery said yesterday that they had a winning ticket on the the game Lucky for Life that was sold Tuesday at the Casey's on three thousand three North Seventieth Street in Lincoln. That is. If you recall, a few years ago, that was the weird situation, I believe, where you had a Casey's at one corner, and then across the street, you had another Casey's. <laughs> I don't know, it's some weird franchising thing, but like you'll see a corner where you've got a Walgreens across the street from a CVS. That's one thing, but not a Walgreens across the street from a Walgreens, but you had that with Casey's there. Now it's only one of them, but nonetheless, so apparently this was, uh, this was like a, a second prize here. With this whole thing, I'm told, uh, and they hit numbers, white numbers, 3, 35, 38, 43, and 47, along with Lucky Ball 15, 
So it gets you. This is an interesting prize, though, I thought. $25,000 a year for the rest of your life. 180 days to claim it, but $25,000 a year for the rest of your life. Now, whenever we talk about the huge Powerball or Mega Millions jackpots, we always hear about, well, you can take them in the lump sum or you can take them in the annuity. And the advice from financial people always seem to be, seems to be going the lump sum and, and do it that way. I assume for various reasons, tax, time, money reasons, and, and so forth. But this one is actually built. So you actually get the annual payment every single year. And I thought this was an interesting amount of money to win $25,000 a year because I don't mean to minimize the significance of it. I mean, $25,000 a year would be huge, but it's not like it probably for most people is not like quit your job money. Like it's 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 on the line there where you're not like walking out. You know, if if you or I win eight hundred million dollars in Powerball, it's like I probably I don't have to work again at this job a day in my life if I don't want to. But twenty five thousand a year? Well, not not really. I can't. Like, what exactly does that? It it allows you to do something, but I'm not quite sure what exactly. Where is the line? On the 25000 are we just sort of, you know, first using it to pay off whatever debt that you've got left on a more, you know, big payment on the mortgage, big payment on credit card debt, big payment on student loan debt, something like that. And then eventually you just start saving it. I, I mean, because I think that's what you do with this. You probably don't live an incredibly extravagant lifestyle with 25000 extra dollars. Like I said, it's nothing to sneeze at. It's nothing big, but you're not, you're not going to be in a in a mansion tomorrow because of it it could uh, twenty five thousand. it bucks. could potentially limit living paycheck to paycheck at least well yeah yes. like so much so many of us do but yeah absolutely absolutely so anyway i thought that was interesting as far as i know not claimed yet so if you are at that north 70th street casey's general store and you are buying a lottery ticket you might want to get in ch- in uh, in touch with people at Nebraska Lottery, Nebraska Lottery Office, because you've got 180 days to get that thing, uh, get that thing done, and get your annual twenty five thousand dollar check. And then a little bit here from the uh, the sports world. Um, I'll have, I'm going to be doing sports today. I'll have a little bit more on Nebraska track and field uh, at uh, the uh, national meet, but. Uh, some news, uh, Nebraska names the six individuals to their Athletics Hall of Fame class. And a name that it might surprise you was not already in there is uh, a part of it. Tommy Frazier is one of the inductees for this year. The other inductees were Lori Endicott, played volleyball from 1985 to 1988. Emily Parsons, women's gymnastics from 05 to 08. Tolly Thompson, wrestling, 93 to 97. Brittany Timko, who played soccer from 03 to 06. And then retired track and field head coach, longtime head coach, uh, Gary Pepin. So uh, that is going to be this next group into the Nebraska uh, Husker Hall of Fame. And uh, they were announced yesterday, and that will happen a little bit later this year. But Tommy Frazier now, it's, it's, it's a relatively new entity. The Nebraska Hall of Fame. I can't remember when they got this thing started. I ought to, I'd actually look it up, but I do remember we talked, and they're trying to, you know, they're trying to balance out the sports and do some different sports on there. But 
I got a chance to talk to uh, Teron Liu, ba- the basketball player, when he got inducted into that. He was one of the first, uh, one of the the earlier classes of this, and I'm thinking probably five, six years ago that he actually went in. And so they're getting now to to some of these people that you're like, I, I assume they will be in. Uh, but Tommy Frazier is going to get his uh, get his chance to go into the Hall of Fame. So, uh, all right, coming up on the show today, a couple of things that I want to make note of for you. Uh, we have got two tickets for Ticket Thursday. That's at seven ten to Burt Kreischer's fully loaded comedy tour at Pinnacle Bank Arena on June twenty fifth. So I got a pair of tickets for that. Uh, these are digital tickets. Where we're just going to get your email. It's going to be. It's going to be a really slick deal. You're going to get a chance to go to this comedy. This is the I, I don't know a lot about Burt Kreischer, but I've talked to a lot of people who do, who think this is going to be a very, very good show. So we've got that coming up. And what we are going to play today, is, since we're a little got our staffing a little bit different today, uh, we are going to stick with what is LNK today with Jack and Friends thinking of. So I've got a special topic. I'm not going to preview for you yet. You're going to have to listen little bit later in the show to find out what the topic is going to be that I am thinking of today, and then we're going to play our version of 20 questions for you to try and figure out what that is. So that'll come up at 710 today. Uh, even if you're not playing or not trying to win the tickets, this has become one of the most entertaining games in all of radio to listen to and play along with. Maybe frustrating would be the word to describe it at some points, too. So we got that. We got your morning drive. We'll count down the five things people are talking about today. A little bit later in the show, the Girl Lincoln team, Robin Eshelman, Dave Albers will join us, and then we will have Greg Sharp, voice of the Huskers, joining us at 835. It's a big day, scheduling-wise, for the Big Ten. We'll talk to Greg about that, and I'll hit on that in sports coming up next. 626, you're listening to KLIN. Love KLIN? Tell us why with a voice message in the free KLIN app. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln. And conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. All right, welcome back. 70 degrees in the capital city Thursday morning, June 8th, 2023. On our way to a high in the mid-80s. Jack Mitchell here with LNK Today with Jack and Friends. we got Mark Vale and Caleb Henry both out gallivanting around the country and world today. And so Johnny Cadillac, Matt McMaster in on the uh, on the producer and the newsroom roles today. So you might hear from them throughout the course of the show today. Some different voices coming up in the show. It is Ticket Thursday. We're giving away tickets to see comedian Burt Kreischer, his fully loaded comedy tour, which is coming to Pinnacle Bank Arena June 25th. That would be, uh, let's see, that would be two weeks from Sunday, so about two and a half weeks from right now. If you're interested in seeing that comedy show, you can win tickets with us. We are going to play, just because it's been so entertaining recently, we're going to go back to the What is LNK Today with Jack and Friends thinking of Be Listening, because here, before the end of the, the hour, I will give you our topic on what is LNK today with Jack and Friends thinking of. You know, I don't like to give you too much time to prepare, but I'll give you a little bit of a heads up here coming up about 20 minutes from right now. And then that cue to call will come at 710 if you want to get a chance to win those or if you just want to listen and play along and yell at the contestants for their failures. You can also do it that way, too. That's also a very fun way to do this thing. And then the other thing. I need to to mention is I'm back in the DJ chair for tomorrow for request line Friday. And we do have a theme. The themes have been hot lately. So we are sticking with themes for this week. And 
right in time for Caleb and Mark to go out of town. Since you and I, presumably, unless you're listening from out of town, you and I are not the ones vacationing at the time. We're going to take ourselves on a musical vacation. And so we are going to do songs that are either about getting away, about vacationing, or about destinations that you might want to be vacationing to. So either of those works, either a getting away song or a destination song. For you, and you can text in the songs that you want to hear at 402 479 1400. Let us know what that song would be for you. Always encourage you to try and be, you know, I don't know how many requests we've already got for like vacation by the Go Go's, which would be a good one. But all I'm saying is you want to try and be the, you know, you want to be the deeper cut. You want to be the one that impresses everyone. Oh, I hadn't really thought of that. That's a good idea. So you want to be uh, thinking a little bit before you make that request. But you can do it ASAP, 402-479-1400, on the text line. Then join us again tomorrow morning when we're going to be spinning the tunes here on this news and talk radio station. We add in some music on Fridays. All right. That is, uh, that's all I need to get you aware of. Uh, let's get to the sound off. Did you see the pictures from New York City yesterday? Did you see... The, it looked like a, it looked like a dystopian hellscape out there, even more than usual than it does when you look at New York City. It was just it was this orange hue that you could not see, and it was Canadian wildfires, which, by the way, we've experienced here. I don't recall it. I mean, I'll be honest. Like my first response when New York City goes through. And the East Coast in general goes through these sorts of, you know, weather events that it feels like other parts of the country experience, but the country experiences it as a whole more directly when it impacts New York City. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like when it's New York City's problem, it becomes everyone's problem with some of these things. And so I kind of default to that. You get a big snowstorm, right? Same, same thing exactly with this whole thing. That said, that said, those pictures coming out of New York City yesterday, I don't think it looked like that in Lincoln <laughs> with either with either the Canadian wildfires or the uh, Flint Hills burning of Kansas. Don't get me wrong. It was bad a couple of times. It was definitely hazy several times, but not the not the orange dystopian hellscape that were the pictures in you. I mean, they they were canceling baseball games. Canceled the the Yankee. Heck, they were canceling WNBA games, and those are inside. Um, and so they canceled uh, baseball games. I believe the, even down to Philadelphia, they canceled baseball games as well. And uh, we got Fox's Janice Dean, the meteorologist there, with some more on exactly what's going on with all of this. It was scary yesterday, right? Especially uh, across areas that don't typically see this type of smoke in our area. I will say on social media, a lot of people were like, welcome to our world, Janice Dean, living out west where we have <laughs> wildfires every single year. But yesterday in New York City, the worst air quality on record for New York, where we reached 436. That uh, scale goes up to 500. The previous Jeez. record was back in 1981. So it was a crazy day, uh, New York City. But of course, the air quality south of us in Philadelphia is worse right now. Okay, so that is, that's interesting. 436. Um I remember we have air quality that we we were reporting that number out when we were dealing with both 
the Kansas fires and the wildfires from Canada. I don't remember being over. Now, we might have been. I might not have looked, but I don't remember being over 200 at that point. When it was bad, it was, I think, I want to say, you know, like 180 in in generally that one. But it's interesting. This is interesting, too, because I Google this. Now, this is fascinating. I was Googling it just because I was trying to get some information on air quality numbers and, like, the history of air quality numbers in Lincoln. I just wanted to compare and see if things had ever got anything close to that, those numbers that you saw in New York City. Um, And I pull up a story in 2019. This is from 1011 News. And it talks about something called the American Lung Association's 2019 State of the Air Report. Listen to this. The 20th, this is from a couple, what, four years ago, said the 20th annual report for the American Lung Association found that Lincoln was one of only six cities in the U.S. that had zero unhealthy air quality days between 2015 and 2017. So from 2015 to 2017, there were zero, there were zero days with problems. What was did what was Kansas? Did the wind not just blow the right year with the Kansas fires at that point? I understand the Canadian ones are something unique to what's happening right now. But how do we get that three years in a row with z- basically zero air pollution whatsoever in there? Huh? Interesting. Eh, and, and that's got a little bit too the ozone pollution. You know, kind of deals with that as well. But those are both; those are all things that they were looking at, and apparently used to be very good. But anyway, either way, not as uh, not as bad as what they're seeing on the East Coast right now. President Biden got out his veto pen yesterday on the student loan bill. The president took to Twitter to announce his intent and sign the veto. The bill to block student loan forgiveness after passing the House cleared the Democratic-led Senate. Two Democrats, as well as an independent, voted with the minority. The president pointed to how some of those same senators got pandemic loans to keep their businesses alive. When it comes to hardworking Americans trying to get ahead, Dealing with the student debt relief, that's where they drew the line. I think it's wrong. The president still faces a decision on student loan forgiveness by the U.S. Supreme Court, which could ultimately strike it uh, down. Yeah. Grinnell Scott, yeah. Fox News. Uh, I would not get too, depending on your position on this issue, if you're somebody who has those loans and are hoping they get forgiven, or if you're somebody who thinks uh, they definitely should, the government definitely should not be doing that. If people took out the loans, they should pay them. Don't get too excited or too down by what happened uh, with this veto here because not that it's going to be overridden. I don't think they've got the votes to do that. But I think I I feel like I'm making a pretty safe prediction when I say when this gets to the Supreme Court, uh, and it has gotten there, they already had oral arguments on it, but when the ruling comes down on this, which is expected this month, they're going to shut this thing down. There, this is a with, with the makeup of the court and the way those oral arguments went, the questions that were being asked, and you can't rely on that too much on these. But this one, I feel like this is going to be a this is going to be a one where they essentially said that this was out of the the purview of the executive branch's um, powers on on this one, or 
you know, they may go a different direction, but I just, I would be really surprised if this passed muster with the Supreme Court. So like I said, don't get too excited. Don't get too down, depending on where you are with Biden's act on this. Uh, let's see. Credit card swipe fees in front of Congress right now. Are they too high and making life too difficult for small businesses? Senators like Roger Marshall of Kansas say that credit card swipe fees are costing businesses. Americans are paying seven times more than what our friends in the European Union are paying. He's hoping the bipartisan credit card competition act will rein in big credit card companies and swipe away at those fees. Marshall says the bill would require big banks issuing credit cards to have a non-dominant network choice from Visa and MasterCard and allow the retailers to choose. Ohio Senator J.D. Vance says supporters need to get small and medium-sized banks on board. That this is not going to destroy the credit card business in this country. I think that's overstated. Sponsors say banks with under $100 billion in assets are exempt from the bill. On Capitol Hill, Ryan Schmelz, Fox News. So, I mean, they've, they've tried this in the past. It's reintroduced here at this time. They've got more sponsors. They've got more bipartisan sponsors on this. And this was something that, like, you know, a little less than a year ago, they tried to do this. Banks would be mandated to enable card payments to be routed over at least one network that competes with MasterCard and Visa. And the people who are basically the people who are in favor of this are saying, look, this gives the merchants a bigger choice because they could embrace the network with fees, um, you know, the swipe fees that might be cheaper than MasterCard and Visa, but they've got a stranglehold. MasterCard and Visa have a stranglehold on the on the market right now. So the alternative networks, so there's, you know, Star, Pulse, and NYCE, and then the idea is, at least, the merchants then ostensibly pass the savings on to the customers now whether or not that actually happens you know i don't i don't know on this part thing but i mean here's part of the problem is that the consumer do they even know at the point of sale at the time that the merchant can decide whether they're you know getting rewards on a transaction or whether they get the same level of of you know payment security when the transaction is processed that kind of thing like the merchant can decide to route the transaction over in the network that was the smaller network essentially um and you know maybe put the credit card at the the transaction at risk at that point and then they may not be getting their rewards that come along with it as well if they go through another thing so that's that's kind of an elephant in the room on this thing as well as how does the consumer actually, you know, how are they impacted by which network that you use if there is a choice among networks throughout this whole thing. So still some more questions there. Uh, let's see. We, uh, we we touched on this yesterday. We didn't quite give it the full treatment, so I want to bring it back here. Today we talked about the uh, VR goggles. I don't. That's not the real name of what they're calling them, but the the new Apple goggles that look like a ski goggle, essentially. But they also announced some of the new features that are coming to their iOS, the new operating system for Apple. And a couple of them are are kind of interesting. Uh, just in terms of things that you might use fairly frequently. Apple gives users a peek at what's coming this fall with its iOS 17 iPhone software. The new operating system features include live voicemail transcriptions as a message is coming in, a built-in journaling app, 
an easy way of turning friends, family, and pets photos into stickers, and even an improved autocorrect, which you'll know you weren't actually trying to type the word duck. The tech giant software engineering chief says the new feature is powered by a more advanced language model that aims to improve the word prediction abilities of Apple devices. Lillian Wu, Fox News. Okay. That's all. That's a funny little the story with the the duck thing. But let's be the the thing that you need to have you ever done this where you've misspelled a word once somehow. Um, like for me, it's the word tonight, just because of where the where the letters on the keyboard is. So I can't even think how I usually say. Uh, I put a J in there, something that doesn't doesn't work. And one time I went back. I, I basically force made it, you, you know, it didn't, it kept changing it to something else and I kept redoing it and it eventually believed the way that I misspelled the word tonight was the way that you spell tonight. And so now every time I misspell it, it doesn't correct it. Those are the bigger issues than anything dealing with ducks for me when it comes to the autocorrect system is that is it, here, one time. Okay. Here's another thing. One time, believe it or not. During a Nebraska sporting event, probably a football game, I was I was tweeting about it, and I get very amped up, and I get very excited, and sometimes I use all caps, sort of like Donald Trump on Truth Social. Sometimes I'll use all caps, and so I was saying something about Nebraska, and I put Nebraska in all caps. Every time I type the word Nebraska now in a text or a tweet or an email or anything, it automatically all caps the thing, it, and it is so awkward. It does that it was, to me, too, but it's like words I haven't used, like Disney. It does all caps to me for Disney. I don't think I've ever typed it in all caps. I don't know. I want that stuff fixed more than I do anything to do with ducks or geese or any of that stuff. Um, all right, let's see. Let's see a couple more. Uh, a warning for those of you doing travel this summer, and maybe you're going out to Yellowstone, place I've never been before. I'd love to go at some point, but I've never been before. But because of some encounters that people there have had, this has happened over the years. It's happening again this year. They are warning. They are begging people who come into the national park, don't screw with the animals. At the north entrance of Yellowstone National Park, visitors are reminded by park officials that when you enter this incredible sanctuary, the first national park in the world, do not approach wildlife. Stay 100 yards away, no selfies, and make sure that you listen to park rangers. In the past several weeks, there have been incidents of visitors approaching the wildlife, actually, in some cases, picking them up, thinking that they were in danger, and placing them into the back of vehicles to try and help them. Well, since then, many people have been fined, and park officials are trying to let people know that these are wild animals and you could get hurt, or even suffer death in Yellowstone National Park. Robert Ray, Fox Weather. You see, uh, you see a bison, buffalo, whatever it is. I don't know which the ones there technically would be, but I, I shouldn't have to tell you. Don't get close to that thing. Absolutely not. Get away from that thing if you're anywhere near it. Let it do its thing. Watch from a distance. Enjoy the wildlife. Enjoy the views. Uh, all right, a couple more. Hey, there was a lot of people in Lincoln who were uh, really disappointed when the news that country star Morgan Wallen had to postpone his tour date here in Lincoln because of some voice issues. Uh, very, a lot of frustration that went along with that. But good news, 
Sounds like he's on the mend and getting ready to make that trip back to Lincoln here in a couple of months. Last night we lit. Morgan Wallen is back. The country singer who suffered a vocal cord injury and had to postpone several stops on his tour revealed in an Instagram post that he's returning to the stage. Wallen canceled six weeks of shows in May due to vocal fold trauma. He posted on Insta stories a pic of himself on a boat with a bunch of fishing rods behind him. And he wrote on top of the pic, the doc cleared me to talk and sing we back wallen's official tour calendar shows him picking up with a big show in chicago at wrigley field june 22nd his dates scheduled all the way through october 7th when he's set to wrap up the tour with a performance in tacoma washington michelle polino fox news and one thing i realized that his his show is september 9th at pva which is the same day as nebraska plays colorado they did announce that nebraska colorado game is going to be an 11 a.m game so Concert promoters are happy. Concert goers who are fans of football and Morgan Wallen are happy that they're not going to happen at the same time. Obviously, the concert will be in the evening. Speaking of which, I got a concert announcement coming up next hour for Pinnacle Bank Arena. Right now, we got to take a break, though. We're going to check in with Capital Humane Society next. Right now, 70 degrees in the capital city at 655 on KLIN. It's our weekly spotlight of pets for you to adopt from the Capital Humane Society on LNK Today. All right, and Capital Humane Society in need some of some adopting families right now, so let's supply them with some and maybe uh, introduce you to a potential pet for you. Matt Metcharo joins us right now from Capital Humane Society. Good morning, Matt. How are you doing today? I'm good. How about yourself? Good. Uh, tell us about the pets that you're featuring this week. So first off, we have Vienna, and Vienna is approximately five years old. He's a shepherd mix, neutered male, and black and brown in color. And he's definitely a big boy. He's 90 pounds, so definitely on the heavy side. But uh, he came in as a lost dog, and unfortunately, nobody came looking for him. But he absolutely loves tennis balls. Like, when I say loves, I I mean love. So, like, (laughs) hold it in his mouth and walk around with it, and uh, definitely a fan of fetch. So he's a a big, strong guy, and he's looking for an active household. All right, good. What else we got? And then we got Scotty. So Scotty's about eight months old. He's a domestic short hair buff tabby, neutered male, and he weighs about eight pounds. He was surrendered. Uh, the other cat in the home didn't care for him. So Scotty had to find a new home. So he's uh, available for adoption right now. Definitely a curious cat that d- definitely likes lap time as well, but uh, also an active cat that'll uh, definitely keep an eye on all the things going on in your home. All right. Very good. How can people make adoptions right now? So go to the Pilot Cut Adoption Center out at 70th and Highway 2. We're open today and tomorrow, 1130 to 7, and Saturday and Sunday from 12 to 5. And right now we have an adoption promotion going on. So if you're looking to adopt, uh, right now is a great time. So we'd love to see you out there this weekend. All right. Very good. Hey, thanks so much, Matt. Let's get some pets adopted. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Have a good one. There you go. Matt Mecharo from the Capital Humane Society. Okay. Coming up. Ten minutes from right now, you're going to hear that cue to call for Ticket Thursday. We are giving away two tickets to see Burt Kreischer's fully loaded comedy tour at Pinnacle Bank Arena on June 25th. Digital tickets, send it to your email. It's slick as can be, but you got to play What Are We Thinking Of? It's the R version of 20 questions, and it's always very entertaining, and who knows what direction it's going to go. Since this week, or excuse me, this month, June, I don't know if you knew this, it's National Candy Month. I am going to be thinking of a candy. I'll tell you a little bit more about the group of candies that it comes from, but I'm going to be thinking of a candy, so that is your clue 
to get ready for, and you're going to try and figure out what candy I am thinking of to win this. Here's and full closures. If you come across anything that gets in your way, call the traffic hotline 402-479-1414. That's a quick check of your time saver traffic. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is Alan K Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, we got tickets to see Bert Kreischer at Pinnacle Bank Arena, stand up comedian, podcaster, reality television host, actor. Uh, should be a great show there. Netflix specials right now. Uh, if you want tickets, you've got to guess what I'm thinking of right now. June is, I didn't know this, but June is uh, National Candy Month. Candy Awareness Month. I don't know. Candy Promotional Month. Seems like it would be October, but no, it is June. And so I've got a candy in mind. And as I said before, this is according to a survey from 2020 of Americans Asking them what candies they consumed. This is in the top 50. Top 50 of the specific candies that they consumed, according to that 2020 survey. You've got to figure out which candy I am thinking of. This is one of them. And uh, you can ask yes, no question. I will try and narrow I will give you an answer if I can. And I'll narrow it down with that. And then you can guess with all the candies remaining. And if you uh, if you lose out, you can call back. Lines will open up throughout the game, so be ready to call at 402-479-1400. Uh, James, you are first today. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, Jack. How are you? Good. All right. Uh, you have the whole world of candy in front of you right now, at least the top 50 in the United States. How do you want to narrow it down? Is this candy round? <laughs> yes. Good get. Good question. Right. Good question. Is it is it John Candy? Is it John Candy? No, it is not. Not jo- I'm not sure I know what that is. Do you know what that is? All right. I, I, don't. I don't. It's not what I was thinking of anyway. So, but uh, no. Uh, good question, though. Is it round? Yes. This may not take too long. Mike, you're uh, next stop today. Good morning, Mike. I think he was referring to the comedian. Oh, John. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, wow. He was making a, He was doing a bit. Thank you, Mike, for explaining. I'm, you know. so, I'm so deep into my own serious contest that I've got callers <laughs> doing bits, and then I've got other callers explaining their bits to me. Over our heads. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I'm an idiot. Anyway. Well, anyway. He still, um, got, he still inadvertently, I think, got you some good information there. I think so, but um, let me see. Is it a hard candy? Is it a hard candy? I would say no. I mean, that's a little bit subjective, but my answer would be, I think the correct answer to that is no. And I think from his clue, I can see him pouring them in the Coke bottles, but I can't remember the name. Oh, I know what you're talking about, I think. I think. Oh, man, I cannot think of the name of the candy that is probably not right anyway. So <laughs> I'll let somebody else All right, Sorry, you guys. narrowed it down. All right, keep thinking, keep thinking. Maybe you'll Google it and maybe you'll think of it there. I think I know what he was talking about, but I'm not sure. can't believe a caller did a bit on me and I didn't get it. All right, back to the phones. Uh, Russ, hello, Russ, how are you doing? Fine, how are you doing? I'm good. Okay, so we're thinking of a candy. We know it's round, and I, uh, my answer was that it is not, I wouldn't consider it a hard Candy. Uh, so you get another question. This is one of the top 50 most consumed candies in the United States, according to a 2020 survey. What's your question? Uh, does it contain chocolate? 
Yes. Does contain chocolate. Well, throw M&M out there. Is it an M&M? No, not an M&M. Good guess. Good guess. M&M, by the way, M&M's uh, was number number five on this list overall. This is in the top 50, but M&M's was number five. I'll go through it a little bit more later if you're curious on that. All right. Uh, let's see if I'm reading this right. Is that, can you, uh, my eyes aren't very good, Johnny. Can you tell me what that is, we have, Joel? We have Joel. Joel. All right. Hey, Joel, how you doing? Good. good. All, right. All right, Joel. Uh, round contains chocolate, not a hard candy. We're starting to narrow it down already. What is your question for me? Uh, is it minty? No, it is not minty, but good question. Uh, uh, sweet tart? Is it a sweet tart? No. Sweet tarts do not have chocolate. You probably knew that, but you were just trying to think of something. 402-479-1400. That opens up a line. We're playing for tickets to see Burke Kreischer and his fully loaded comedy tour coming June 25th to Pinnacle Bank Arena. It's two weeks from Sunday. And uh, we are guessing one of the top 50 most consumed candies, according to a survey in 2020 in the United States. Uh, looks like I lost all my names. So line one. Good morning, KLIN. Who do we have with us? Good morning, KLIN. Who's this? Lori. Lori. Sorry. Laurie. Sorry, Lori. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, all right. Your turn to guess or at least make a question. Uh, that is a yes, no question about the candy we are thinking of so far. What do we know about the candy? It's one of the top 50 most consumed candies, according to a survey in 2020. It is round. It does contain chocolate. It is not a hard candy. It does not contain mint. Those are the questions I remember right now. Uh, what do you want to ask me? Does it start with an M? Does it start with an M? As in uh-huh. and Michael? Uh, yep. n- uh, no, it does not. Is it... Uh, oh, this is my favorite candy, too. Um, <laughs> It's under the, the pressure. Caramels, the, you know, the chocolate-covered caramels. Is it a chocolate-covered car? No, it's nothing with chocolate-covered caramels, so I'll say no there. That's not it. Thank you, Lori. I think when you get there, it can be very hard. You, you can't even think of your own favorite. What do you think? What was she talking about? Rolo? Was that what she was talking about, maybe? Um, anyway, Skylar is next. It's not Rolo. I'll tell you that right now. Skylar is next. Uh, hello, Skylar. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. All right. Uh, I'm thinking of a candy. It's round. It contains chocolate. It does not contain mint. Uh, It is not a hard candy. Those are some of the things that we've established, some other things, too. What is your yes-no question? Um, Can I guess? Yeah, you can can have two guesses if you want. Okay. Is it Milk Duds? Is it Milk Duds? No. But you do, since you didn't ask a question, you you can guess again. Is it Milk Balls? Is it Milk Balls? No, it's not milk. No, no, it's not. I don't know that I've heard of that. Thank you, Skylar. You can try again. What are milk balls? Is that a thing? Uh, It's above my head. I mean, don't Google it, but I don't. All right. We got Debbie next. Hi, Debbie. Good morning. Hi, Debbie. How are you doing? Uh, fine. Well, I like candy, so I thought I'd better. All right. I want to see if you can do it then. You, we've got a lot of clues out there, but still nobody's gotten I, this. What Does it have a filling? Ye- yes. Is it cherry mash? Is it cherry mash? No, it no, is not cherry no. mash. Sorry, Debbie. So, just to recap, plan for Burt Kreischer fully loaded comedy tour tickets. I'm thinking of a candy. It's a top. It's a candy you've heard of. I promise. It's not obscure. You've heard of it. It's the top 50 most consumed candy in the United States. 
the things we know about it now, it is chocolate. It is not a hard candy. It does not contain mint. It does have a filling. Uh, what else, guys? What else did I? It does not start with the letter M. We got that too. We know those things. I th- I think we're getting closer here with this whole thing. All right. All right. Uh, let's see here. What is what is? Let's see. We got Tina next. Tina, what is your yes no question? Is it multicolored? <sighs> Like, are there different colors? Yes, different colors exist in or throughout the candy. Yes. It's a very okay. lawyerish answer, I know, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying yes is my general answer. Okay, I don't think it's this, but is it sixlets? Sixlets? No, but I think that's what Mike was trying to think of. No, it's not. Thank you for your guess. No, it's not sixlets. I think that's what he was trying to think of. Oh, man. Man. Getting close, getting close. Scott? Hi, Scott. How are you doing? I'm fine this morning. Uh, How are you? All right, good. Uh, what is your yes, no question? Jeez, I have not a clue. <laughs> um, okay. Um, just, just, just to go through while you're thinking real quick, it's it's uh, we established that it is round. It is not a hard candy. It contains chocolate. It does not contain mint. It has a filling. Uh, it does not start with the letter M. Those are among the things that we know. Uh, is the filling a nut-based filling? No, it is not a nut-based filling. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think the kid was the earlier kid was talking about Whoppers when it was malted milk, but I'm going to guess Whoppers. Whoppers. Yes, it is. You're right. She was probably saying milk balls, but I needed the brand name there, and that is it. Whoppers is it. And Scott, congratulations. You are the winner there with that. So you get those tickets to see Bert uh, Kreischer. Congratulations. Hang tight. We're going to get right, cool. your Thanks. information. Ah, she, yes, she was, she was saying a general. She said, and I, I laughed at it a little bit, so... But it was, she said, milk balls. That was not the answer. The answer was the brand name was Whoppers because I wouldn't have just accepted, you know, a chocolate bar for chocolate or those sorts of things. So it was the brand name of Whoppers, and Scott gets the victory there. Now, if you're wondering, if you're wondering here, the most popular, most popular, and again, these are brands, the most popular brands is number one, Snickers. That's number one. Snickers is number one. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, number two. This is a 2020 survey. Hershey's Kisses, number three. Kit Kit Kat, number four. Uh, now, it's a list peanut M&M's specifically at number five above regular M&M's. Hershey's Milk Chocolate, six. S- Almond Joy, seven. I don't believe this. Almond Joy at seven. Butterfinger at 8, Hershey's Almond at 9, Three Musketeers at 10. I do not believe Twix is outside of the top 10. Twix is number 11. Twix is not lower than Almond Joy. That's ridiculous. Um, Dove Chocolate, number 12. Milky Way, 13. Starburst, number 14. Baby Ruth, number 15. Uh, and and then you go down and so on and so forth with these. And Whoppers is actually down there at about... It's in the 40s on this whole thing, but it does make the top 50, 
And so there you go. Scott got the tickets to that show, and he's going to be enjoying that with Burt Kreischer coming to Pinnacle Bank Arena. Uh, all right. A uh, couple of things that I want to mention here. By the way, welcome back to the show. And if you're just joining us and you uh, missed it earlier, you're like, where's Caleb? Where's Mark? They're both vacationing. They're both They're both off today. And Mark's going to be out for a little while. Caleb's going to be gone tomorrow, but he'll be back on Monday. So Johnny Cadillac has been answering to the phone. If you've been calling in, Matt McMaster is in the KLIN newsroom. So a couple of uh, familiar voices, but different voices here this morning. And we will have the same situation tomorrow, which means... I am taking the DJ booth for the show tomorrow for Request Line Friday. And in honor of those two guys being gone and being out in the world vacationing, we are going to do our own vacation here while we're still doing or listening to the show. And so the theme on Request Line Friday for you on Friday on tomorrow is going to be songs about getting away, songs about vacationing, Songs about actual vacation destinations. However you kind of interpret that, we want to hear those as we are in summer vacation season. And so we're going to take a musical vacation here tomorrow on the show. So if you've got a song you can think of that fits into that very broad genre, then give us a text tomorrow at 4024 or today, uh, today even better than tomorrow at 402-479-1400. And we are going to get you... Uh, into the rotation with our songs that are going on there. So that's coming up on tomorrow's show. Uh, Johnny and Matt will be along with me, but we we want to get your songs. We had such great participation last week on the Drought Buster. And did we break the drought or not? I don't know. Although it is looking it is looking very cloudy outside right now as I take a look out there. Um, but we'll have some fun with that tomorrow. All right, uh, we got the uh, morning drive coming up in about 10 minutes. We're going to count down the five things people are talking about today. Got a lot of news bits in there that you might be interested in. And then coming up during the 8 o'clock hour, we will have the Grow Lincoln team. Robin Eshleman, Dave Albers are going to be along to talk about new restaurants, retail businesses here in the capital city. And Voice of the Huskers, Greg Sharp, joins us at 835. It's a big day for Big Ten football as they announce the new look Big Ten uh, football schedules starting in 2024 and exactly how they're going to kind of divide up these games, rivalries, pods, what's that going to look like? We're going to find out a whole lot more about that. So that'll be among the things we talk about, Greg, talk to with Greg Sharp. All right, 725, we're going to take a break. we got a check of sports coming up next on KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Huskers. Hotline 402-479-1414. Keeping you moving with time saver traffic. I'm Chris Ofgren. It's time to count them down. The five things you'll be talking about today. This is the Morning Drive, presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, this is going to be a new role for me. I don't, with uh, both Mark and Caleb gone, I am going to be your narrator, your number, uh, your number item reader, and your commenter on the whole thing. So, without any further ado. Let's get things started. Number five. First day for the new airline, the Red Way, shall we call it, experiment that Lincoln Airport is going to give a try here with budget-friendly prices on flights to a number of United States cities, including Las Vegas, Orlando, Atlanta, Dallas, uh, Nashville, and others, gets underway this morning. The first two flights... To Las Vegas and Orlando take off today, 
Caleb Henry is going to be on that first ever flight to Orlando, and he'll be back here on Monday to tell us about what the experience is. And the big question is, how much does Lincoln and the surrounding community use these flights? Will they be able to support them, to to use them to the point that it makes financial sense for Redway to keep doing what they're doing, for the for them to continue this air this relationship with the Lincoln Airport? And I think I think a lot of people are probably with me and and hoping this continues to be an option just because it's such a unique low price point for a lot of these flights. And again, it's it's going to be a little bare bones, right? You want to check a bag, you're going to have to pay extra, right? You want the I mean, if you're you're getting that lowest price, which can be really low. I mean, some of them are like the Minneapolis ones. I saw one that was listed for 49 bucks each way. Um, but you, you, you'll go up to 79 89 for some of the lower numbers for some of those other flights to other destinations. But I think there's probably quite a bit of unanimity in just that the hope that these continue to be available. I do wonder how many how much people will will use these because on the upside, you've got a convenience going to Lincoln instead of driving to another airport to Omaha or Kansas City or something like that, where you know if you're living here, or you're living around here, it's just a lot simpler. Parking is easier. There's all kinds of reasons. You can get a ride more easily if you want to do that than going to Omaha. So you've got that number one. You've got the prices that are generally pretty advantageous, and you're going to get a better deal than you're going to get a lot of other places. Downside is it's just specific places. So it's just this list of uh, six or so cities. Is it six or seven? It's several cities you can go to. And the times are locked in every week. It's It's kind of like more of a... You know, like a Star Trans schedule where it's going to be at, you know, this place, this time, every time during the week. It's not like there are five different opportunities for you to get on those flights during the course of the week. You, you've you got the time set there. You've got the day and the time. So if you're going to Vegas, it's Thursday to Sunday. But taking off at this time, landing at this time for all of the Thursdays to Sundays for weeks ahead. And so what's Lincoln going to do with this? It will be interesting. Do they have destinations that are going to be the ones that are in demand for people in and around Lincoln. It was interesting. David Herring, airport's executive director, said to uh, said the Lincoln Journal Star said it could be wildly wildly successful. It could also maybe be a little less successful when we're hoping than we're hoping. So we have to rethink what we're doing. Um, the The interesting thing is, I think if it is wildly, I mean, it's to kind of have these essentially public charters, which is kind of what this is. It's. I mean, it's probably not the first time this has happened in the in the country. But you do wonder if this is successful. If this becomes a model that you've got other similarly situated towns, similarly situated airports, they try and do something like this, whether it's with Redway or another carrier here. But uh, again, I hope I hope there are people on these flights. I hope they continue to exist. I hope they continue to be an option for all of us who. You know, would like to maybe get away kind of randomly or have people to visit in those areas or near those areas or something like that. Number four. All right, number four. Unveiling yesterday at the United States Capitol of a new Nebraska representative in Statuary Hall. Willa Cather had her statue dedicated yesterday at the Capitol. And you had the whole Nebraska delegation there. You had Governor 
Pillen that was even out there for the event as well, along with Nebraska senators and House members. So if you go out there now and take that tour, which is a really cool tour, if you haven't done it before, you can now for the first time see a Willa Cather statue there. Uh, Nebraska now becomes the only state to have a female and a Native American as their representatives currently in Statuary Hall. If you might recall, Standing Bear replaced William Jennings Bryan. They change these things out every once in a while for the different states, and so they get different people in there and update them. But Standing Bear statue replaced William Jennings Bryan back in 2019. Willa Cather's statue will replace that of J. Sterling Morton. And uh, so there you go. Those are your your new members of Statuary Hall for Nebraska, and you had some speeches yesterday. And it's a uh, Omaha artist actually who did an Omaha artist who was there who did the actual sculpture there, and it was a it was a good looking sculpture. Uh, it was really impressive, and you may see that now if you go to Washington D.C. and check out the Nebraska representatives in Statuary Hall. Number three. So will they or won't they? There is some buzz about the potential of a store that could be very popular coming to the area. So it is at Nebraska Crossing, right? The outlet malls in Gretna that you drive by if you're traveling between Lincoln and Omaha or maybe stop at as well. Evidently, one of the bays there is decorated as if a Lego toys, a Lego store, one of those massive Lego stores, might be on the way. And given the amount of Lego enthusiasts, kids who are big Lego enthusiasts, this has actually made some buzz on this. But none of the officials are saying anything about whether or not this is actually happening. This toy company, the shopping mall, none of them are confirming that a deal has actually been struck here, but people are taking pictures of the decorations that make it look like a Lego toy store is coming, but don't actually say that. So the question continues to be, will it or won't it? Will there be a Lego store coming in between Lincoln and Omaha? We will see. Now, I am... I had a I had a phase where I was the father of a... really, two of them Lego-obsessed kids. Those times have... Kind of, that's kind of mitigated as they've grown older over the years. But I know there are a lot of them out there, and this would be a huge deal if they actually got this there. And uh, one of the one of the favorite pastimes there. So we'll see. I'm gonna guess. I'm going to guess if they've got that. What what else are you decorating with all those pictures of Legos there? If you're not actually bringing a Lego there, and it's got it's got a Lego logo. It doesn't say store coming. But it actually does have a Lego logo, and it's got the Lego.com website address there, too. So they're putting the sign up, but they're not seeing it. I don't know. It sounds to me like this is actually going to be there very soon. So we'll see. But, it, you know, on, on a larger note, it does, it does continue what's really been, I think, a success story there for Nebraska Crossing. Um, man, do you guys remember... Well, what, what what are we still even talking? Maybe less than ten years ago, that, that when that thing got built, when I was a, a teenager, I can't remember the exact year that it was built, but I want to say it was, I was a teenager, and that was sort of during this like th- this outlet mall boom in the country, and 
it was this sort of this thought that these outlet there are these outlet malls they have huge huge play uh, they've, they've got one in um, like, like uh, Coralville, Iowa, I remember had a really big one that we would go to sometimes with our other ones. But the, the thought with them always was, well, these are overstocked items for, you know, your big brands, for your Nike and for your other big brands. And you're going to get like 75% off. That's what it is. It's it's like bottom prices for things that are floor models or things they got sent back or things they are discontinuing. That was like the idea behind the factory outlet store at the time was just like deep, deep discounts. Like that was really exciting at the time. But if you recall, that thing just didn't do much when they first opened. I thought that was going to be a major part of my life um, just because when I had traveled to other places, we had, that was a big deal. When we, went, we would go to uh, Colorado, like uh, the Silverthorne area. They had that big outlet mall there too. And you're like, okay, you're going to the the Gap outlet or the Tommy Hilfiger outlet, and you're getting all kinds of these cheaper clothes that if you went to the mall, you'd be getting them three times as expensive. And it just wasn't much. It wasn't much. And then, obviously, they got the new ownership. They got this thing going again several years back, and it's a busy place now if you've ever gone there on a weekend, and they continue to add to it. So that's been a big success story for that area. Moving on. Number two. Well, it's coming later today. I mentioned it in the sports cast. The Big Ten will announce its scheduling plans for 2024-2025 in conference. Now, why is that significant? Well, if you recall, the Big Ten is changing in terms of its membership starting in 2024. USC and UCLA will be joining the conference. This is the last year, this coming year is the last year that USC and UCLA will not be a part of the Big Ten. So the conference will be at 16 teams. And so there's been a whole lot of discussion and a whole lot of questions really without any answers about how exactly do you make the schedule year to year? Do you stay with a divisional model? Do you go into pods of four? Do you throw them all in one big boat? And you do the standings that way. At the, we really haven't had answers in into that. They're going to keep divisions this year, obviously, in, in 2023. But a restructure is coming. And we're probably going to learn a lot about what that looks like this year. And then, of course, the other question is, one of the things the Big Ten obviously is known for is these rivalry games that have been built up over the years that feel like they need to be an annual thing. And... They've tried their best to keep these going year to year. Obviously, Michigan and Ohio State, Wisconsin and Minnesota, uh, Michigan and Michigan State. but And then, you know, USC, UCLA added to it. But the problem is, you know, with a new school like Nebraska, new schools like USC and UCLA, Rutgers, Maryland, even Penn State to some degree, you've got some schools that have four rivals that they've been playing that you're playing for a trophy every time for and these rivalries have been going on for a century or so and then you know you bring in Nebraska you bring USC you bring UCLA and they've got Rutgers they don't necessarily have anything like that or they've got a couple but they don't quite measure up to that and so i wonder if they're actually going to look at a system where some teams actually get multiple rivalries locked in and other teams so like two, three, and other teams only have one. For example, 
USC, UCLA, guaranteed to play each other, where, on the other hand, if you take a Michigan, maybe they're guaranteed to play both Ohio State and Michigan State. Can you do that and make it equitable? Because that's always a concern, too. Sometimes when these scheduling, the way that the schedules have shook out for Big Ten football have not always really broken Nebraska's way in these things, and so that's a question, too. And and then the other question is, if you're a Nebraska fan, which games is it important to keep annually? Is it, like, are you okay not playing Minnesota every year? Are you okay not playing Wisconsin every year? Could that be an issue, too? Is Iowa the biggest rival you want to keep every year, or is it Wisconsin? And then how do they think about that? Because, again, Wisconsin's got Iowa. Wisconsin's got Minnesota. Um, all of those have have other rivalries as well. So it'll be interesting how to kind of balance that whole thing with the old school members versus the new school members. And then I think the other interesting thing that we're going to be able to find out is I presume Nebraska, I guess it's not for certain, but I presume there's a pretty good chance Nebraska will be heading out to either USC or UCLA in 2024. Um, if not 2024, maybe 2025, one of the two. So Nebraska fans who are itching to make that trip will find out exactly which of those schools. The Rose Bowl would be cool. I'm, I'm hoping for I'm hoping for Nebraska, UCLA, in Pasadena, fall of 2024, and I would love to get out to that game. But we will know today. The, the show, by the way, uh, is coming up today at 3.30 Central Time on the Big Ten Network. And we're going to talk to Greg Sharp a little bit about uh, maybe what he expects to hear on that in terms of what the formatting of the league will use, too. All right, moving on. Number one. All right, finishing this thing out today, and I don't know if you guys heard McMaster announce it at the bottom of the hour about 20 minutes ago, but if not, concert announcement for Lincoln, Nebraska, October 3rd. This is a Tuesday night. Nickelback is coming to Pinnacle Bank Arena. Yes, Nickelback, they are going to put tickets on sale coming up next Tuesday, June 13th. Pre-sale is this Saturday, June 10th, 10 a 10 a through Monday. And uh they're going to get they're going to get going here with that concert and they're going to have Brand, Brantley Gilbert and Josh Ross opening up for them at Pinnacle Bank Arena. You know, it's it is a little it's one of these deals where there's a bit of a redemption for Nickelback going on to some degree right now. Uh, I mean, because let's let's be honest, they're probably they probably hate this so much. So hopefully they're not listening today. But let's be honest, they kind of became the cliche joke of what a bad, overrated, whatever band was. That was a, I mean, we've made the joke before. You know, it's 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 happened a lot. But I think. I think as time has gone on, I think as you've gotten away a little bit from when their hits were huge 20 years, I mean, that photograph song was played, you know, that song was, I, I believe I heard that that song was the most most uh, played radio song of all of the aughts, that Nickelback song, Photograph. Uh, or maybe it was How You Remind Me. I think it was How You Remind Me. That was number one of all time. But I think as we moved around that, there's sort of been like a rebuilding of their reputation a little bit that's been fairly... Sometimes time passes and things that seem really uncool start to get cool again. I think that's happening with Nickelback. It'll be interesting to see what kind of what kind of sales this thing does at Pinnacle Bank Arena with them. I think the same... But as, a, as an aside, I think the same thing happened 
with uh, with Guy Fieri. <laughs> I think everybody thought, like, remember he just got trashed uh, when he when he opened that restaurant in Times Square, and there was some review that was just mocking the heck out of it, and how it was this corporate thing, and but. I feel like, like, kind of through the through the pandemic with some stuff that he did, and then just like the popularity of the reruns of Diners, Drive-ins, and Dives, and how much people realized they liked that show, that he's sort of been rehabilitated, rehabilitated too, kind of in the same way that Nickelback has. I bet Nickelback and Guy are friends. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna speculate that. I know he's friends with like Sammy Hagar and Vanilla Ice and a bunch of those guys. Uh, so I feel like Nickelback would be in that group as well. But anyway, concert is going to be on October 3rd. Just announced this morning about a half hour ago, and tickets again are going to go on sale Tuesday, June 13th at 10 o'clock at Ticketmaster.com. Uh, our stations here at Broadcast House are going to give you some opportunities to win them as well. Who knows? They might show up on Ticket Thursday over the course of the next several weeks and months, so be listening for those. All right, that is it for your morning drive. It is brought to you today by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management. Coming up, we got Robin and Dave, the Grow Lincoln team. They are going to join us at 810, talk new restaurants, retail businesses, and the like. And then a little bit later, Greg Sharp, the voice of the Huskers. And uh, as I said, we'll break down that Big Ten announcement, some of the news with Nebraska basketball as well. So that's all coming up. It's 7.54, you listen to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. When you you're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 71 degrees in the capital city. Coming up, as I said, Girl Lincoln, Robin and Dave will be in the studio with me, Greg Sharp as well. Uh, tonight on the Dan Parsons Show, which you can hear right here in Lincoln, local topics, local news, local interviews, uh, starting at 5 o'clock, going 5 to 6 every weeknight. You're going to hear Todd Ogden from the Downtown Lincoln Association, and I'll talk to Topher Hansen from Centerpoint. Those are the guests tonight. If you missed any of Dan's shows or our shows here on LNK Today with Jack and Friends, you go to KLIN.com and get the full show podcast. Take a listen back and find out about what's going on in your community. And one more reminder, tomorrow is Request Line Friday. Our theme tomorrow is going to be getting away on vacation. So songs about getting away, getting out of town, vacationing or about specific destinations you might want to get away to, given that Mark and Caleb have left us to get away. We are going to do the musical vacation for ourselves here on Friday to get us ready for the weekend. Text in the songs that you think fit that genre. We're going to play it. You can do that on our text line at 402-479-1400. It's 8 o'clock, KLIN Link. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, well, all right, welcome back. Glad to have you on this Thursday morning, June 8th, 2023. I'm Jack Mitchell. Uh, Mark Vale, Caleb Henry out today. 
um, gallivanting around the country and the world. But uh, we are here, and Robin Eshelman, Dave Albers, join me right now, the Grow Lincoln team. Good morning, Robin. How are you doing today? Hi there. Good. A little bit of rain out there. A little. Oh, do we actually have some rain? That's good. Splatters hey. on the windshield. Yeah. Hey. Oh. We'll take it. We'll take it. Whatever we can get. There you go. Just that'll wipe out those voluntary water restrictions. I'm uh, sure. So. No. Yeah. No. no. All right. Good morning, Dave. How are you doing? Good morning, Good. gentlemen. All right. Let's jump into the news that we've got today. And uh, I forgot who's going first. So well, I'll whoever go first. it is, I'll uh, go first. what do we have? What do we have first uh, new here? Well, this An- is uh, anniversaries. For, right. From Allo, the first one, uh, they're celebrating their 20th anniversary, and they like to call it Alloversary. I get uh, it. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Good one. And another local establishment, which I believe a lot of people are familiar with, the Zoo Bar, is celebrating their 50th anniversary for Zoo Fest. And so in combination, both of these uh, big anniversaries we thought would be worth teaming up and celebrating. The Zoo Fest celebration is happening uh, next month from the 6th to the 8th, and uh, more later on that little deal. Blues and Wi-Fi. There you go. The combination you can get. You can like get peanut butter. You can peanut get butter the and blues jelly. on your Wi-Fi. <laughs> think of it that way. There, there you go. I don't think of Aloe as a twenty-year-old company. Yeah, I don't either. I thought of that because they're thing. so new in Lincoln. Yeah. That's right. They they were started out west in yeah. western Nebraska, right? So people need Central, to think, be aware yeah. of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. they start and they. Yeah, I remember them coming here and. Sort of beginning the competition. You know, that was kind of the beginning in the in, in the cable TV world, especially. That was kind of the beginning of some competition that this city hadn't seen yeah. for yeah. quite a while in the world. I mean, we went through the cable vision era here, right? Uh-huh. And then, and then yeah. Time Warner. To, right. Time Warner was really satellite came in, and that was some competition. But it used to be pretty. You know, it used to be pretty one-size-fits-all. Everybody had Cablevision, Time Warner, whatever it was at the time, to the point that we used to do for Nebraska athletics, for football games, we used to time out, kind of time shift the football game by a few seconds to match up with Time Warner's cable signal at the time because so many people had Time Warner. Right. Now, right. now there's 87 different services people are watching TV on right. at this point. Whether it is one of the cable companies, there's a few of them that you can get. Whether it is a streaming service, whether it is you know just getting it off the air, those sorts of things. And so there's no real single answer. But when Allo came in, that really sort of began that first competition in the cable industry as well. And the internet industry. Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to plug them, but I... I've, had them uh, at my office for years now and really have been happy yeah I, I remember those first few years you know when our office clients would rent a building and they were talking about well what you know i got i gotta yeah. pick what service and you know i remember saying well let me know about this new aloe i don't want to recommend mm-hmm. them if they're not any good but yeah. tell me how that works out you know and i mean basically they came into the market and they just killed it mm-hmm. yeah which was partly why i uh used them myself because i wanted to if somebody were to ask because we get asked those type of questions sure so you wanted to try it you gotta be so familiar you, with and the you options would know what to tell people yeah. right yep uh, all right. Uh, other news today. We've got, we've talked about this a few times throughout the show today, but a big 
Big day debuting for the Lincoln Airport today, Robin. Inaugural flight to Orlando this morning. Um, that has been the news all over Lincoln with the new airline, Redway. So this is it. Wouldn't it be fun to be that first person to get to walk on that first flight? And, you know, everybody be, in Lincoln it, is it, like watching this on TV. Could be Caleb. <laughs> it could be Caleb. He's on that flight to Orlando. There's also a flight to Vegas today. But he, right, I was going to say. He's later. on that flight to Orlando, and we'll probably hear some from him. And he gets back on Monday. And so we'll probably hear about the experience. I'm curious what you guys think about this. I, I've been reading a couple of times a quote from uh, David Herring with the airport, and kind of he kind of said, "Look, he's like this could be a huge success story, or it could be something where, you know, it doesn't quite work as we plan. We've got to make some changes to it." But you guys, you know, you talk to people who travel a lot. You talk to to business owners, those sorts of things. I'm curious what how you think this is going to do in Lincoln. Well, I think they picked a couple of locations that will be beneficial for a lot of different people uh, because a lot of people want just let's just use today as an example. A lot of people go to Vegas, mm-hmm. you know, and also you can pick up a lot of flights from Vegas. A lot of people like to go to Florida, Orlando, and once again, people can pick up flights. But uh, I, I, I sure hope it goes well. That's yeah. all I can say. And if this ends up being about price, and that if that's what it is, they can win. Because right. the big thing I hear from anybody and everybody all over Lincoln for years is, it's, oh, Lincoln, yeah, I wish I could fly local, but it's so much more expensive right. than Omaha. Right. If you A can do it, it on price, I think you can do it's, it. It's just what you give up in return for the price is flexibility, essentially, yes. with these things. Because there's one flight a week. One flight out, one flight back, same time, every time. It's not like you can adjust. And there's, you know, certain destinations, as you were referring to, Dave, are those destinations that are going to be ones that are popular for, you know, in most cases, this is going to be a a weekend, you know, a Thursday to to Sunday or a Friday to a Monday type situation is kind of where most of them are. Are these going to be places where that is something that attracts people to do that? I can definitely see Vegas, how Vegas would be. Yeah. yeah. Vegas, I absolutely can be. Orlando, is that enough time in Orlando? Or do you do it over the course of, or you stay longer and you go from stay the whole week. week to week and you come yeah. back at that time? You know, Minneapolis is one of them. That's one that I hadn't mentioned as well. Um, are those the type of things where people look at it and say, yeah, for that price, I would just go do that for a weekend for whatever reason to go see someone, to go to an event, to just get away randomly to a place where you can get weirdly low tickets weirdly yeah. low. they've had some they've had some like flash sales already where they're talking like $19 $15 one way tickets on some of these so yeah so you know you want to get signed up for their i don't know email i think is yes. what it is cuz yeah. that's yeah. where they have those specials it's, where they're trying to fill the plane up and, yep but let's hope there aren't too many of those because we want those i mean i think i say we i would i'll speak for myself you know, I think it's just it's an important thing for the city. Yeah, I think it's an important so thing for the it, city. Think of it as I'm going to bend with it. I can be flexible. I, you know, right. I, I it, you know, it's if it's a business trip, probably not going to work. But if it's leisure, yeah, this is a chance. How do you to- guys? Uh, sorry to interrupt. How, how do you guys think sort of the revamping of the terminal and everything that goes along with that plays into any plays into this too? If I, at all, I'm glad it's not. It's just nicer I, to be there. You yeah, know, it's, just, it's an image thing yeah. and. I'm glad Lincoln was willing to rise a little bit above the frumpy image. You know, I'm, I'm glad. It, I'm glad yeah. that it meant that it wasn't much. The most, to our it wasn't the happiest looking. It not was, that airports generally are, but it was sort of 
dark. It and... was your mom and dad's airport. Let's yeah. just mm-hmm. put it that way. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. I think it was it was smart to do. So we'll see how that goes. All right. What kind of uh, other news do we have? Uh, looks like we're starting with uh, some Q and A. Yeah. Uh, Dennis and Marcy asked, "What's being developed at ninety three eighty five in North Fifty Sixth? Well, oh, yeah, it's out on the interstate. This is the mystery project, right? Right. Highway 77 and this is, I-80. Yeah, Highway 77 and I-80. Uh, and this would be on the north uh, west corner there. This is the data center that we've been talking about uh, called Project A-Gate or A-Gate, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the chamber has been keeping everything under wraps, which they're supposed to, but we keep hearing rumors you know that the company doing it may have a g in its name we don't know though (laughs) all right you know there's actually so much stuff going on at that corner and dennis um and marcy i'm not sure which one it was was facebooking and asking other questions about that intersection like um one of the questions they asked is wasn't there going to be a big u-stop that was going to go in the southeast corner of that intersection and i know that got put on hold right but uh they did purchase like a big truck stop yeah they purchased a property adjacent to the existing property that they that they already have yeah so it was going to be like an expansion and a whole new image launch um and then of course down the road to the east of that are you know a couple of huge you've got your camping world that's new but yeah but there's a distribution center coming in and they said at the chamber of commerce meeting they were talking about how big it was and i sat there and i tick tick like that distribution center is as big as five walmarts i mean just a massive massive well, have you guys driven by, I, I know it's different, but the Amazon one by, in Papillion? As yeah. you go well, this is the same group. <laughs> okay. It's, yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. The size Big. of that, it looks like a city. Yeah, <laughs> like a, yeah, a space it's, colony. Um, and then the commercial brokers just got an email yesterday about, okay, this would be the southwest corner of Highway 77 and Interstate 80. So you've got Project Agate, or however you pronounce it, up in the northwest. So this would be the southwest. Um, New warehouse park there with little pieces of land for small businesses to come in. And just if you just have a, a small business, you know, you're not a half a million or a million square foot distribution center, right. but you just went and well, built a If you're a, small, a normal business. If you're a normal Lincoln business. Uh, this has been something I've said a million, people are sick of me hearing me say it on this, but I would love to see more development along the interstate that is yeah. going to get people off the interstate yeah. mm-hmm. into Lincoln and spending money on Lincoln. And I'm hoping... You know, obviously they're not getting off to go hang out at the, the, you know, the Google place, but hopefully that spurs additional development in those places that is going to bring people in. Well, it, it sends a message if you're passing through that this is an area of commerce and that this yeah. is an area for jobs. You know, different intersections can have a different personality. And that's what this is. This one is going to this. That's what the image is going to be at this intersection. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, we spent a lot of time. So let's get let's get into these uh, here pretty quickly. Uh, news in the uh, news in the Haymarket. What do we have there? This is uh, announced uh, by Urban Development. Woolham Company in the Cotswold building is um, tripling its space. Um, This is near the new South Haymarket Park. Several other companies and developers have planned some projects that would ring the park. So when Woolham 
Um, and large as itself, there will be some other corporates in that area that will surround that park. And, and by the way, these are some uh, announcements from the uh, recent chamber meeting by the uh, Urban, Urban Development, Development right. Department. And so. they've been working on these projects these for years. For and we've probably even, a lot of these we've probably talked about on this show, but it was so many months or even years ago that nobody yeah. even remembers it. And so the chamber meeting was about, okay, remember hearing about this months or years ago. Now now you're going to start seeing something. It, sure. Yeah. It's all uh, starting to happen. What's happening at 9th and R? Residence Inn. Another hotel, huh? Yeah. Uh, okay. Which I, I find kind of interesting that we're getting as many motel hotels uh, in, in Lincoln as, as we are. It's. I'm old enough to remember when there were three of them downtown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Right. Or four, maybe. I mean, the Cornhusker, the Holiday Inn. I mean, eventually the embassy suites, but yeah. This is a natural evolution in the course of business, but there is a price to be paid on some of these older hotels and the older parts of the city. These, you know, hotels that are 30, 40, 50, 60 years old. Um, I think Lincoln needs to really take a look at what to do about that. Some of those are not very nice places. And we have some pretty strict zoning laws that don't allow us to put low-income housing in right. those buildings. And maybe we need to rethink some of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, Pioneers and Highway 77, what do we have? Foxtail Meadows Development is coming in. This is a Hoppy development. Hoppy does a lot of affordable housing using federal dollars. Now, this is the piece. I'd heard about this development before, but this is the piece I thought was interesting. Some of the homes will be made available for sale. It's not just going to be for rent, but it's for sale for what they call move-up occupiers. You get established in your job. You get a little bit of money. They're going to give you an opportunity to buy. Um, and down payments would be with the help of TIFF. So, okay. so maybe a workaround with some of these problems we've seen for young people yeah. getting into housing. Yeah. Uh, boy, has that been a problem. Yeah. Uh, uh, 66th and L, what do we have? A very similar project. Yeah, we do have a similar project. It's the old Finky Gardens. Uh, just to uh, the north of 66th and O, there's a bike trail uh, behind that project they're doing something very similar townhomes uh are going into cool. that location cool um, our understanding yeah. and, and then um a homeless shelter yeah this is permanent support for 24 people I, I mean this is almost impossible to find when you need it there will need to be a state grant for something like this they're hoping for groundbreaking in spring what they want to do is a low barrier shelter project the county would have to work on this it would be for alcoholic and drug addicted i'm not sure that they've got a location selected yet um, but this is something that we have a critical need for. And with the cost of construction, the cost of housing, it's been almost impossible for the city to be able to provide something like this. So it's going to take some real teamwork sure. to get this project across the finish line. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's uh, let's hear this. Uh, what's coming up this weekend for you guys on Grow Lincoln Saturday at noon? New technologies and restaurant equipment. How might the way our food is prepared change? Corey Hart from Nebraska Prep Equipment will be in. And bringing humanity and civility into the workplace. We're going to talk to two guests. 
Dan Parsons of the new Dan Parsons Show at 5 o'clock weeknights on KLIN and Angela Paolini of Service Master Professional Building Maintenance. All right. Good show. Uh, looking forward to hear Dan, Angela, and everybody else and Corey on there Saturday at noon. And you can check out Girl Lincoln Facebook and Twitter as well. If you have any of those questions like you heard today, you can ask them right there and maybe they'll become a part of their show or this segment. Robin, Dave, thank you for your time. We will talk to you again next Thursday. All right. Have Thanks a great rest of the week, guys. Robin Ashlam and Dave Albers, the Girl Lincoln team. It's 826. I've got to check sports coming up next on KLIN. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com to get today's top local and Husker news sent straight to your email. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Find someone who makes you as happy as this guy does when he says... Touchdown, Nebraska! It's time to go one-on-one with the voice of the Huskers, Greg Sharp. Brought to you by Bryant Air Conditioning, Heating, Electrical, and Plumbing. And uh, just one quick traffic note here. Chris Lofkin gave me a big, uh, big note here about this accident. It's Highway 77 and Warlick Boulevard. And so they're redirecting the northbound off of Highway 77 to Warlick to Old Cheney and South 14th. So you go north on 14th to Nebraska Parkway to West Pioneers Boulevard or go 10th to Van Dorn to go west back to Highway 77. I've got the traffic cam on right now, and you can see it's kind of crazy right now at 14th and Old Highway 2. I still call it Highway 2. Nebraska Nebraska Expressway uh, or Nebraska Parkway. God, I'm going to get these new names, Greg Sharp, one, right once when they change things on me that I've been saying for years. It's very hard for me. Just leave it up to Chris. Yeah, I'll just let. Yeah, that's the thing. We need to when he's we get done with his traffic reports and they make me do them and they don't work very well. So that's uh, that's an issue. Uh, uh, Greg, we learned yesterday that we are going to get some news today. That uh, I, I don't know about you, but it kind of snuck up on me as, as a surprise. I hadn't been really thinking about the twenty twenty four schedule, and and there's obviously been a lot of speculation about Big Ten football and exactly how that's going to happen today. But tonight we are going to get, or I guess I should say this afternoon, we're going to get some answers on what twenty twenty four and going forward is going to look like when it comes to Big Ten scheduling. Um, I was. Why don't we start by just sort of at least like breaking down the sorts of things that are still yet that we will, will probably be announced tonight that we still just don't know about the not only the schedule itself but the format and the d- rules that are going to happen for next year. Well, we don't know how many protected rivalries they're going to they're going to allow for, and it, will that vary? It, it could it could vary from team to team, and a team like Nebraska that hasn't been in the league as long may only have like one protected rival, and I would assume that would be Iowa, where you know you've got like a Michigan who would have Michigan State and Ohio that that they definitely want to continue to play. Wisconsin wants to probably continue to play Iowa and Minnesota. So we don't know that. We'll find – I think we'll get our first glimpse of that at 3.30 today when the schedule comes out. But we've been asking Trav on his monthly radio shows, and he was indicating that they were pretty darn close. So uh, I'm glad this is coming out and people think, well, this team's early. Well, it's really not. I mean, 
15 months from now, UCLA and USC are going to be playing football as Big Ten members. So <laughs> it's time to see this, and I can't wait for 3.30 to get here. Do you think there's a scenario where, because uh, you're, you're talking about the exact same things that I was thinking about and talking about earlier in the show, and I used the same example you did, you know, Michigan, you feel like they would definitely have Michigan State and Ohio State and maybe others that they would have. Is Do you think a, a formula or a plan exists where some teams would have more locked-in rivals than other teams, and could that even be equitable? I do. I think that's probably the way they're going to go, and how how all that works is going to be interesting. You know, I think they're definitely going to stay at nine games a season, even though the SEC last week voted to stay at eight. Yeah, which doesn't seem right to me. I don't care what the number is, but everybody should play the same. Yeah, I mean, if it's if it's an eight, nine, ten, whatever, I agree. This seems unfair that one league's going to go. Well, we'll go one less than everybody else and help our chances of making the playoffs. But uh, I do think it's going to be a little bit different for each team, and I think some of that will go back to the longevity of some of the teams that have been in the league forever and ever. And Nebraska just doesn't have that. That backing and and also how, how much how much will we see of the Southern California schools on the mm-hmm. schedule for Nebraska? That really intrigues me too. Will we have both? One? Uh, will we split it up between twenty four and twenty five, or how's that going to play out? If it, let, let's just say hypothetical speculative scenario, but let's say Nebraska they, has one yearly game that's quote unquote protected, and let's say it's Iowa, and maybe you don't get Wisconsin every year, or you don't get Minnesota. Yeah. Any? I mean, how? I know we're still early in the Big Ten, but it's, you know, 10, 12 years. That would feel weird not to have Wisconsin on the schedule, would it not? I, I agree. And, and, you know, I think Nebraska would probably put them number two on their list of who they would like to protect. And maybe they will be for these first two years. But right. beyond that, there probably are no promises being made. But, you know, I, I think if you ask Husker fans, Iowa would probably be one. And then Wisconsin would be two. And, and I don't, maybe Minnesota's three. I don't yeah. know if there's that much angst toward the Gophers or not, but yeah, I, I would be, it would be disappointed if, if later today we find out we're not going to play the Badgers in 24-25. Yeah, 100%. What do we know or how much do we know then in terms about, in terms of the standings, in terms of what feeds the championship game? You know, will there still be a division format? How much of that do we know and how much will we learn today? Well, I think it's pretty safe to say divisions are gone. Uh, I think that that era of college athletics is over. I think everybody's going away from that, and they're just going to match the top two teams up. And, you know, the people will say, well, then you're going to really have a chance of having teams play twice in one year. Well, if they're the two best teams, so be it. Let it let that ride. Um, it's going to be hard to make the championship game, right? In a 16-team league, if they're only going to have the top two go, you're going to have to be really, really good Jeez, to yeah. make the championship game. So. And then you obviously have the uh, you know the, the strong possibility that you have back-to-back weeks of, of Michigan and Ohio State because they are dead set on keeping their game at the end of the year. And so there's a really good chance, the way it is right now, those are the, probably the two best teams in this conference that they're going to play on back-to-back, uh, back-to-back weekends, which seems really odd to me. But I think divisions definitely are gone, Jack. Uh, I think that we're just going to go to the top two performers are going to make the make the championship game, and then, well, they're going to have to have probably a pretty elaborate tiebreaker system because right. there's a lot of years you're probably going to have a lot of ties. A hundred percent. Yeah, that was the other thing that I was thinking of. Do you think, Greg, with, you know, more more teams, obviously, so 16 teams, uh, eight opponent, nine games, eight opponents, so, you know, there's half the teams out there that you're, you're not playing year to year. There's going to be more variance in schedule. When you add more teams, it's necessary. There's more variance in schedule. 
I, I tend to think that there's going to be, it's going to be a bigger deal whether you're not you're in kind of a a good year for a schedule or a tough year for a schedule in terms of what your forecast for that season is. That's always existed, but that's going to exist even more. I would think with this new the new format of the conference. A hundred percent, and you know the, the luck of the draw. Did you get a team on an up year for a certain team? Yeah. I mean, we've we've come through a pretty good period for Purdue football. I mean. When we first went in the league, Purdue wasn't very good at all. Mm-hmm. That was obviously an automatic win. And then Coach Brom gets there and makes them a team that won the division last year. But I don't think they sustained that at Purdue. So they probably dropped back off. But did you maybe have to play them when they had their little rise and their their buff up when they were pretty good for two or three years? So it's going to be a little bit of the luck of the draw. Also, how do they how do they try to balance this thing out? Do they try to... You know, the teams that have traditionally been in the lower part of the standings, do they try to keep them playing more of each other? Or do they try to – I mean, it's just going to be interesting to see how they did all this. And I know they went through hundreds of different variations and sent them to the schools, and the schools would write back, uh, we don't like this, we, we can accept oh, that. Really? So they, they have really done a lot of back and forth over the last, oh, six, eight months on this thing to get to this point. So- and. Uh, every time I'd ask Trev, he'd kind of roll his eyes like, well, we thought we had it, and then somebody <laughs> else complained, and now we got to go back to the drawing board. So Trev and the athletic department has been, and the other athletic departments have been very involved in this process, yeah. is what you're telling yeah. me. People yeah. might not and, know that, yeah. And I'm sure they have probably seen dozens of different kind of layouts to what it would look Jeez. like, but they now have finally come to consensus on it. And, and now have agreed on it, and we're all going to see what the, the end result is here in about, uh, what, six hours. Well, if I were you, and, and maybe for myself, too, I would like to see, it'd be nice to see a trip to L.A. on that first schedule, right? It'd be nice to get out there as soon as possible, I would think. Well, I think that's a real possibility that, you know, with, I think because of geographically, we're the closest ones to those two new schools mm-hmm. in the conference. So you got to think that one, if not both, are going to be on Nebraska's schedule next year. And, I, you know, I... Hey, I'm not going to be opposed if we have a November trip to to Los Angeles yeah. as opposed to a November trip to Madison. I think that would probably be okay to, to get out and play in some warmer weather. I, I yearn for the days of the Big 12 where we would slip down and play in Waco or Lubbock or Austin or Texas A&M, and you're going, oh, that's kind of nice, a, a November game where I'm still in short sleeve. So yeah. uh, I, I, think, I think that's definitely going to be – and there's so many, Jack, so many Huskers alums who live in Southern California that I think that'll be probably a good chance for them to see their, the Huskers play. Yeah, uh, uh, it, it'd be cool. Uh, it, it'll be interesting because on the show today, they're going to have the new commissioner on here, uh, Tony Petiti, and obviously he's you know been on the job for a little while, but this is kind of his first sort of introduction slash official act that people are going to care about for he as for him as the commissioner so uh, greg this kind of be an important you know this it, it, it you may be overjudged on this but he's definitely gonna have people establishing their first impression of him as a commissioner based on what happens and what's said tonight i would think and we know how important those are i mean if you if you stumble out of the gate it's hard to recover from that so i think this is a big day for him as well to try to uh try to kind of sell himself to the fan bases around the conference of a guy that nobody really knows much about. I mean, you can read his resume, but you really haven't seen him in person do many things. He's not really been very visible yet as commissioner. He's only been on the job less than a month, but yeah, it's, you're right. This is a first impression chance for Tony to, to kind of step up. And obviously it was a very strained relationship with his predecessor, and in fairness, he had to deal with a pandemic, and that's, that's not the yep. easiest thing to jump in the middle of as a commissioner of a big league. 
Do do you think I, I know we don't even have you know full volleyball and basketball men's and women's schedules for this coming year, but do, do you think that when whenever that's announced, because now you've got me thinking about this whole thing, that that'll still just kind of be the same thing where you know you get a handful of teams twice at home and away, you get a few once, and then maybe some you don't get. Or uh, what are your what are your kind of early thoughts on how they might make that? Because that's kind of a different animal than football for those sports. Yeah, I think it'll be the same thing. They'll they'll try to they'll try to come up with a formative for who you play twice. And you know, I think that'd be kind of fun to have kind of a, a ping pong ball televised lottery where you know, okay, yeah. right, Nebraska, this next ping pong ball that comes out, you're going to play them twice. It out pops Iowa, right. or Northwestern, or something. I think it'd be kind of fun to do that. But yeah, they'll they'll do that. I am told that, and I know a lot of people are are, are locked into this volleyball team, particularly after going five and zero in Brazil. I'm told we're days away from that the volleyball schedule for this fall coming out. So we don't even have that for uh, a season that begins here in less than three months. Well, I I have Baylor on every Tuesday, and he acts like he knows it, but he doesn't tell it to me. So <laughs> we'll see, we'll see about that. But um, yeah, I think you're. Yeah, I think that would be that would be good because you're right. I mean, goodness sakes, it's June, right? Yeah. And we're getting a football schedule for 2024, and we still don't have a volleyball schedule here for this year, which people around here care about, without a doubt. Um, without a doubt. Uh, let's. Uh, oh, oh, by the way, I wanted to get your reaction. Uh, Matt Rule announced, and, and the program has announced that fall camp, they're going to kind of going to go old school. I don't know if this is necessarily Junction Boys type stuff, but they are going to live in the old Selick dorm during the course of this. W- what do you make of that? Why do you think that's something that Matt Rule wants to do with this program and kind of change the feel of the fall camp? I think it's fantastic, and I think you know even even the coaches are going to stay there. Yeah, so this is not just players only. And the coaches get to go back to their nice houses and spend the night and see the wife and kids, and they're going to hang out down there with them for I think it's almost a two week period of time. But I think it's a really cool wrinkle that he's going to do, and it's continuing to try to build this group together. And with you know the transfer portal and all the new players that have entered the program in the last six months, I think it's a great way for them to kind of get to know each other a little bit more. I think it's, you know, it, it, it says, hey, it's football 24-7 for a couple of weeks as we try to build a team and get ready for this season. I love it. Didn't know he was thinking about that until Husker Online broke that story earlier this week, but I think it's a cool deal. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, one, one or two, I believe there was conversation last night, uh, but Tommy Frazier, make, I think a lot oh, of people yeah. assume Tommy Frazier was already in <laughs> the Hall of Fame, maybe one of the first inductees, uh, just because they kind of do different sports and they've done a lot of things. He's now going to be inducted into the Nebraska Hall of Fame. What was his reaction like to that? Yeah, it's so great to have him on Sports Island last night. And, you know, the, the, the Hall of Fame's only been around seven or eight years. I think yeah. some people are kind of – this was the Sean Eichhorst deal, and it's probably one of the great things, one of the, maybe the, the best thing he did, did while yeah. he was here uh, was put this thing together. And That initial class had 20 or so people. They tried to get somebody from every sport, but they didn't overload it with football. It wasn't like of the 20, 10 of them were football guys. So it was really kind of – they kind of staggered these things out, and they made their way through the Heisman guys first and so then i think that's why Tom, it's gotten to this year yeah. to get tommy in there but there's no doubt he's the headliner I, yeah, I there's a lot of people jack and you guys could probably do a poll on this who to this day believe tommy's the best husker of all time and you know we're all just we're so heartbroken that he didn't win the heisman in 95 and that it went to eddie george and i think if they wait and have that heisman vote after the bowl games tommy wins that thing hands down but he was very happy uh, to get in, I think you know he's probably been puzzled too why it's taken seven eight years to get to him. But he's very thrilled about it. It's going to be 
I, I can't wait for the day at the stadium that they introduced that class, and I can't wait yeah. for the roar that he's going to get when he gets announced. Yeah, that that will be uh, that'll be really cool. Uh, and then I guess uh, turning back to to baseball a little bit, we did have some news that uh, Jeff Christie uh, is uh, no longer going to be with the program. Uh, had to be a difficult situation, obviously, with the relationship he and Will Bolt have and, and the connection to the team, but you know. Um, the I think the pitching probably just ha- the development hasn't quite been there like they'd they'd like to see it. What does that mean for next year's team and and you know how does Rob Childress kind of figure into things now, Greg? Well, I think it's an option for him. Uh, I think that you know he's probably been talked to about the position. I think Rob wants to definitely coach. I think Rob still would like even maybe to be a head coach. So I think maybe he's kicked some tires on some openings in that vein. Time is a little bit is is ticking pretty fast, Jack, because the portal's opening. So you're out there trying to actively add guys to your roster. And if you're a pitcher, your your first question is going to be, who's my coach? And so I think there's you know there's a little urgency here for Coach Bolt to get this done in the next couple of days. But I definitely think Rob would be maybe choice number one for for Will. Um, and, and he's obviously got an incredible track record and. He's moved back to Lincoln, and so I think that there's a real possibility of that happening, but I also know that he's looking around the country and seeing what might be best for him. But I, I think you got to make a decision here in the next several days just because of you want to get in on some of these better pitchers that are in the portal. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it, that was a good insight for you because I wondered, you know, what's inside – you know, Rob and the Childress's heads right now as they, they did come back. And I know they've got reasons to be here, but he probably still has coaching left in him. And it's just, it's kind of a question of what his mindset is right now in terms of what he wants, too, because he'll have opportunities both here and elsewhere um, on that. So, Well, he cut, he cut his teeth on being a great pitching coach. He said yeah. it was in Nebraska with, with Dave Van Horn and, and then went became a head coach at A&M. But I think the, the, in the base of, of Rob Childress's career, pitching is, is A number one. And so... I think that's a natural move, but if, if he decides that's not what he wants to do at this stage of his life, uh, Coach Bolt's got to move on down the list and get somebody else in here. All the Big Ten teams eliminated before the Super Regional got started. Had a little promise from you know Indiana there at the end, but it, it didn't go through. I mean, is this making to a mountain out of a molehill, or is the Big Ten just, Ten just still have a long way to go when it comes to the real power conferences in college baseball? Well, they kind of got they got two to the regional final, so that's kind of the two to the, the round of thirty-two. Yeah, and the, you just got to get home. I mean, look how many teams win. Iowa, I thought, had a real shot at Terre Haute. They had the lead late in Game Two against Indiana State in their bullpen, which that surprised me. Could not hold that lead and. Then they beat Carolina and came back, got another shot at Indiana State, couldn't get over the hump. Indiana did get to a region final like Nebraska did two years ago, but lost a tough one at Kentucky. So I think it was an okay showing by the Big Ten. I think they went five and six overall record. Uh, but it's just hard if you're not playing at home, and that's what Will Bold has always said. The goal's got to be to try to get a home regional because your odds go way up of, of advancing to the super regionals. But I thought it was a decent showing by the league. Uh, I don't think there was a super team this year. There wasn't a, more, a complete team. Maryland had the great offense, not enough pitching. Nebraska was inconsistent in both areas. Iowa, I thought, was the most well-rounded team, and I thought they had the best chance to advance. Yeah, couldn't quite get it done. It looked like they had a good. I thought they had a good draw too, but yeah, yeah. and Maryland's was tough, but yeah. Uh, okay, but very last question. Uh, did you? I I thought we were done seeing things like this after the '80s, but 32 points, 21 rebounds, 10 assists for Nikola Jokic last night, and then add on another triple double for Murray: 34 points, 10 points, 10 assists. Greg, these are the gaudy numbers of the Wilt Chamberlain, Kareem Abdul, Jabbar 
our days, of our of our younger days here. This is crazy. Joker's, Joker's so impressive. W- love watching his game. He's so smooth around the basket. He handles it really well. Yeah, and a lot of people don't know who he is. I mean, he in, he's out there in Denver, and they just don't get a lot of the primetime stuff, even though they've been so good the last couple of years. I'm glad that America's being exposed to his talents. He's just a really, really good player. And I, I picked the Nuggets in five. I think it may go six after Miami still won in Denver, but I think Denver gets this done, and it'll be their first championship. Yeah, that'll be big for them. By the way, somebody posted a picture. I forgot. I was at when the Nuggets played the Timberwolves at PBA. Yeah. I was there, and I brought my son there, and he was watching the game last night. I was like, hey, we've seen Jokic in person. Neither of us remember it, though. He was at that game. Uh, Kenneth Fareed was their big star at that point. But, That's right. Uh, he, yeah. yeah, he was he was there. Carl Anthony Towns from Minnesota. So he uh, cut his early teeth in PBA. Hey, great conversation, Greg. Appreciate all the insight on a whole bunch of different topics. We'll, uh, we'll see what they announce tonight at the Big Ten, and we'll uh, be discussing that and more next week. Have a good weekend, all right? Thanks, Jack. There you go, Greg Sharp. Voice of the Huskers and a host there of Sports Nightly right here on KLIN. Safe at 5. We will take a break, wrap up the show after this on KLIN. Um. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, that is it for the show today. Thank you to Greg Sharp, the Grow Lincoln team, all of you for being a part of it today. We turn around tomorrow, and I'm taking the DJ booth. For Request Line Friday, getaway edition. Even if you can't take an actual vacation, we will take a vacation via song tomorrow. So your favorite songs about getting away, vacationing, or vacation destinations, request those today via the text line at 402-479-1400, and we will put them together, fuse them with our regular news and talk fair, and give you a -a one-of-a-kind experience on the show tomorrow. You won't want to miss it, so get those requests in. Dan Parsons' show this afternoon with Todd Ogden and Topher Hansen. Join him at 5 o'clock. It's 9 o'clock. KLIN Lincoln.